0: Looking for last-minute weekend getaway? I've got you covered. I have five road trips already planned for you. They're all a few hours from New York City, so they're the perfect trips for anybody on the East Coast to tap into. Whether you're looking for family-friendly, a romantic getaway, something leisure, activities-filled, history, and heritage-filled, or if you want to spend the weekend, stuffing your face. The packet has it all. It was designed to take all the guesswork and planning off of your plate. You choose based on the vibe or the distance. Included in the packet are itineraries for weekend trips to Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Hartford, Connecticut, Johnson & Burlington, Vermont, and Montreal, Canada. It includes packing lists, a pre-trip car prep guide, and Travel and Shit podcast playlists of road trip content. These itineraries are perfect for travelers who enjoy having a plan with space for spontaneity. Save yourself the time of planning and skip to the getaway. Let this itinerary pack take the stress of planning and packing off of the table while you focus on the road. Visit TravelAndShitPodcast.com slash travel resources to download your copy.
1: I made it round the world
0: Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, travel and shape, where I, your host, D Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life and if you are watching on the youtubes like i like to remind you all you can see the beautiful face that is joining me today that is my favorite alley to give to my guests to my beautiful guests please
1: introduce yourself and thank you for joining me well thank you d um i am felicia jones and I don't know. These days, I like to think I'm a woman of many mysteries. Uh, I've had like a very full life, but for right now, I'm an online entrepreneur. I run a company called I Find You Clothes, where I research speaking opportunities for people. But uh, the other thing that I do and why I'm here is because I'm a full-time RVer. I love to travel and I've just done some really cool shit. Yes. <laughs>
0: I am intrigued by some of the awesomely cool things that you have done. And this is going to be a really, really interesting conversation for me, uh, especially for the podcast in general. I know that for those of you that have been fucking with the kid for a while, there's an intersection of travel, right? Travel is so much more than vacation. I like to remind my listeners every week of that fact. And this week I wanted to have a well-seasoned traveler come on and kind of speak to the i get is dynamism a word the dynamicness of a person but like people are more <laughs> complex than just their love of travel people that like to travel happen to also i don't know either by accident or on purpose I'd like to think that you know on purpose be really interesting freaking people so <laughs> i was intrigued by you being a full-time RVer because a few mm-hmm. years ago I had um Vaughn Dabney come on and speak about his tiny home. It was wicked cool. He built out this um truck to be his home and it was like, "Ooh, can I downsize?" That was ooh. one of the biggest hurdles that I considered, but then I was considering at the time I was single Black woman, so I'm like, ooh, scary. It's bad enough living in an apartment in the middle of a community that is grounded and planted to the ground by yourself and feeling safe. How would I feel traversing the country on my own, Um, especially in the spaces that would accommodate for a home on wheels. And here we have a black woman who can speak and attest what it is like to be a black woman that lives in a traveling home. So please, Felicia, what is <laughs> RV life like? I, and I'm assuming
1: somebody else listening would like to know. Um Most days it's pretty quiet. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's so funny because like even talking to my family, you know, very much Southern middle-class family. They're all worried about my safety. They think somebody's gonna come hatchet at me, you know, while we're out here. And I was like, y'all live in a big city. <laughs> y'all should be more scared than me. But uh, it's been a very interesting experience. We've had our RV for five years, but we just went full-time back in November of 2022. And it's, I mean, it's like, I really can't uh, describe the experience of just being on the road, being able to get a flavor of all these different places, it forces you to travel differently. Um, and I know a lot of people these days, we kind of associate travel with getting on a plane and going somewhere very luxur- luxurious. And I've done that. I oh, Trust me, I have traveled to many, many countries and I love it. But this is, it just forces you to travel very differently because now you're kind of living amongst people and not just showing up at a hotel. You're not just, down the street from anything walking distance, you got to be very intentional, but it has, it's, it, it, it's also just been relaxing, at least for me, it has been relaxing gives me time to think about things. Um, Right now I'm in the middle of New Mexico on uh, Cochiti Lake. It's absolutely gorgeous here. And you just get to have um, a window into the beauty of here in the United States. Um, And you just don't get it when you are, you know, on an airplane. Uh, it's just it's just very different. And it's also just cheap <laughs> Like right now. I mean, I think we're staying at a place places like twelve dollars a night to come and wow. hook up. And yeah, you have water, electricity and you get to do all the things you would do and bring all your stuff with you. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. And I know I'm pretty sure you're going to have more questions about safety and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, go ahead. Throw them at me. <laughs> So for one, what was your
0: travel experience like prior? Um, Did you travel more as a solo traveler? (laughs) Were you like a girl's trip uh, person or have you and your partner been together long term so that you guys traveled together extensively? (laughs) Or was travel in the RV like your entry to travel? Like what was your experience before you decided
1: to make it like a full time part of your life? this is a this is a good question. I think my first solo trip I was eight years old. My mom put me on an airplane to go visit my aunt in Cleveland, so I think a lot of my travel has always been kind of solo when I graduated from college, I started working for the Navy as a computer scientist, and they started sending me places to Europe so either I was with a coworker or I had to go by myself and um and of course, over time you meet people and you travel with them uh Wait, so I'm I never sorry. I can, I'm gonna pause uh-huh. you. So, was that your first job
0: after college? Yeah, a scientist for the fucking thing. yeah. <laughs> so your your entry into the game is like, da-da-da-da. like let me step on the scene with some gangster yeah. shit. That is so freaking cool. How that awesome first, is that? Please, it, do it, job. it was
1: cool. I mean, like. And I guess, you know, even from, I grew up in Birmingham and just going off to school in Atlanta was, you know, I was one of those kids that I was packing up the day of graduation. I was like, get me out of here. And then when the Navy offered the job, it was right, it was right around 9-11. So I had to wait a month before I went out there, but I was, you know, my mom came and helped me pack up my apartment. They moved me out there. My mom was like, well, I'll see you in a few months. And it just dropped me off at the airplane and that was it. And so I had to learn California and San Diego by myself. So everything's kind of been a little bit uh, solo. So yeah, that was the first job right out of school. And within two years, I, I just happened to land on a project and they said, oh, we don't have anyone that could travel because everybody was like married or had kids. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like I got nothing to do on the weekends. And I had sure. to go get a passport within 24 hours. Um, I just happened to be dating this guy that was in San Francisco that I would go see a lot. Like, so I need to get a passport and there's one in San Francisco. And like within three days, I was on my first trip to Germany. They sent me to Baumholder, Germany. Uh, wow. That was pretty cool. And so after that, it was just like game on. Anytime I could leave, um, I just I just left. And then- once I met my husband, he was my intro into camping. Uh, I've been to Yosemite before, but he was like, "Oh, let's go camping." I'm like, "Okay, camping," and been addicted since then. And he's my intro into RVing because this is how he grew up. Um, wow. He also wants a he also wants a boat and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm a national park junkie, so I love national parks. So it just kind of worked itself out, I think, over time. <laughs> so okay.
0: That was one of the things <laughs> that when I saw, first of all, two TED talks, quite round of applause and <laughs> the and the mic for that one. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. If you wouldn't mind, what I know the topics of your TED talks were STEM, but mm-hmm. if you want to touch on that, what exactly <laughs> your experience in STEM is, and not, like. I meet the most incredible people through (laughs) the lens of talking about travel, and here we are. Please, yes, TED Talks.
1: Well, the TED Talks came. You know, I eventually, when we moved to Colorado, um, a lot of travel stopped because I had just gotten married, and you're trying to figure out, like, okay, how is this about to work? Um, Yeah, and that was the first thing, like, with with being married. Like, oh, I have to tell somebody. I'm going somewhere. Like, oh, that's new. Uh, <laughs> Like, go, oh, I can't just get on an airplane and go somewhere. All right, cool. Uh, but you know, um, they it came about when I when I started my job. I took an early retirement and I started my first business around helping people budget with money, and and that encouraged me to kind of start the first TED talk. Was all girls are good at math, and I was just tired of women saying they're bad at at math, and and i just correlated that to the numbers that i saw in the tech world with women in stem and i just i just created the story from my experience of why it is important that we have more women um in the stem world and in the tech world but all coming down to this little thing called math and making sure that we keep encouraging Uh, Young girls and women to just like, hey, you're not bad at this. Just people told you you weren't doing, you weren't, but they just lied. Uh, So that's kind of where all of the TED talks came. And then, of course, the the second one was uh, Tech Nisa Kardashian, and that was just playing off of the influencer world. And like, maybe if Kim Kardashian got into the world of tech, we might have a lot more women in it. Who knows? They got money. Let's play with that for a bit. Uh, So I just figured if I ever had a platform like that that I would always dedicate any talk to the women in STEM because it was my computer science degree is literally what opened the door to all of this travel and all of these experiences. And, um, And I always tell people, you know, especially if you're going into technology, especially as a woman, it literally can change your financial life and future. And I always attribute just that little decision and taking that job working for the Navy kind of just changed everything for me uh, to where I am now. So yeah, it's been a fun journey. So what exactly does
0: computer <laughs> technology entail from a girl that was <laughs> saying she is bad at math? And to your point, well, I can find my sale price. I know what change I'm supposed to get. So <laughs> That's all you need. I make, hello, <laughs> Pythagorean yeah. theory who?
1: It's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's important. And, you know, I mean, as far as technology these days is everything. I think technology is the backbone of everything where Mm -hmm. I started. I was a programmer, but I chose to go more into networking. Um, And that was basically putting together networks. So how we connect through the Internet, throughout the countries and through different buildings and things like that. Um, They have better words for it now because that lets you know how old I am. But that's where I started. My husband is a programmer. He makes video games for Sony. So it can kind of go all over the place. And the other thing that I do love to tell people when it comes to technology, because everybody thinks like, oh, these are girls who only focus on math and extra nerdy. I have to tell you, my little side hustle uh, was baton twirling and dancing. That's what paid for college. And I was a professional cheerleader while I was in San Diego. So that was like my little how nighttime gig. How cool
0: is that? What yeah, that so, have you done across this bathroom? I don't know.
1: Is so <laughs> awesome. I don't know. I just, you know how you just walk into these situations that like, okay, let's give this a try. I never tried it before. And, you know, also being bored. And I was like, well, I was a baton twirler. I can dance a little bit. So let's go and see if we can make this happen. So, um, so I just, I don't know. I just try to have fun and, and have uh, live different lives. And I encourage everybody who's watching this. If you have not seen the documentary about Tina Turner, it is hands down one of my favorites, because what I really didn't know is that, she became a superstar in her forties. I don't know if you knew that all of the things that she's done, she was in her forties. So she wasn't a 20 year old fresh, you know, out of school, you know, bright eyed and bushy tail. She was mm-hmm. like, she had put in the work. And from there, it just reminded me that you can literally go and live a whole other life because you got the time to do it. So that's kind of how I approach most things. Just go live all these different lives. Why not? I fuck with that heavy. <laughs> Truly. I do. <laughs> thank you for that.
0: And before I forget to say, you are a badass. Like you have done so many super cool things. I think like the mark of a real badass is someone that can do so like things that are not technically related and still and I also hope that someone's mom is listening to this that said you could never make a life of baton twirling. Here we have a baton twirler. You know what? i got
1: through college as a computer scientist At that it opens doors it opens up odd doors you know at least for me it opened up odd doors you know not going into like entertainment but it is the it paid for college it was the scholarship and you know and then you just meet people along the way and you drop you know hey um i was a baton twirl you too um, and here's another weird one. I actually spent a summer in a circus because I met somebody who was a baton twirl and she had a circus troupe and she's like, come join us. I'm like, okay, I got nothing else to do. Uh, so yeah, so all of these things, um, I always just say, do the things that make you interesting. So when you are in these situations where opportunities pop up, you never know how you connect with somebody. You never know somebody was secretly a baton twirl and you just don't talk about it anymore. And you may have a best friend for life. So what was life in the circus like?
0: Hello, we're going to move back to that. You can't just drop that. That was you know funny. it was.
1: It was short and it was fun. It was just for a summer. Um, and what more I do you really mean, a, Right. I know. I know. It was. It was a, a, It was called the Fern Street Circus in San Diego, and the young lady I met, I met her at a Baton Twirling Conference, and she was like a body double for uh, Alyssa Milano on the show Charmed it was like Which
0: one of those on the show charm that's like i've watched it maybe top to bottom two or three times so yeah oh that's I'm, it just two or three oh wow <laughs> so, you know melissa Alyssa milano's stunt double wow. yeah
1: she did like whenever she had to do some of the um i guess like yeah, of the like twirling the things yeah yeah so it was it's was, always it kind of cool so you meet that person and then um I just did that for the summer, and then my job called and sent me to London, and then that kind of like, oh, we get to go travel. So I'm kind of easy. You you dangle a plane ticket in front of me, that I'm off. (laughs) Okay, so
0: how about this one? (laughs) What would you say? Spur of the moment. What would be your favorite spontaneous trip that you've taken? Then, considering they cross so many different realms of life experience
1: spontaneous i don't know if this is necessarily like what was like the weirdest yes you gave back but then was in, like you know, what? You, know, was, you know i've been running I my like business this little version of my life here. Have, this but, was a um, good one yeah <laughs> it was four it was four years i've done this one but right before i was trying to do all the marketing for it i met a guy over twitter um nothing like dating but it was just like oh he seems smart i want to know him he was out of the uk And I joined his email list, and he would send out this email once a week, say, Hey, is there anything I can help you with? And I said, Hey, my birthday is coming up. And I think I was turning, I forget, it was my 40th birthday or something like that. I was like, Do you know anybody who needs a speaker over in the UK? And he says, Yes, I do. Next thing you know, I booked an international speaking gig. I did my walkabout when I was 40, and that kind of like changed all kinds of things in my life. You know, cuz I like going to cities and just walking and thinking. So it wasn't really spontaneous, but it w- it just kind of came together and that led to all the other things that happened after that, the TED talks and all that kind of stuff. So, um so it was kind of cool and that was a solo trip and that was one of probably the not the craziest trip I went on, but I didn't have anything booked. <laughs> and I didn't have anything booked and I was like I was a Marriott girl I was like I got the Marriott app I'll find somewhere to stay okay and got you know did that and also at the same time I saw that one of my high school friends on Facebook was in London I was like where are you and we met up the night before and I was like as long as I can get to the airport by 8 a.m we can hang out and that was probably one of the craziest nights I ever had before I left London Um, and I had to get back to the I had to get back to wherever I needed to be before the the, uh, tube shut down. So it was a fun trip. (laughs) I was exhausted.
0: That that sounds like a good time. (laughs) Okay. So what got you guys into RV life full time? You said that you had dabbled with it for a while before. What made you guys kind of, okay, no, we can do this period. Let's leave Mm -hmm. the house behind. (laughs)
1: I mean, the long answer is, you know, my husband's been talking about this for years, but, uh, I had a, you know, I had the crisis of being all, you know, cool in my, my brand and my business. I was doing a television show, um, and things like that. So it was like, I can't do this and I can't go back and forth. The short answer is the pandemic, like literally like, oh, huh, life is short. Ah, screw it. Let's go do this. Uh, so, it's been something that's been on, it's been on a table for a while. We've had the RV for five years and we would um, pack up and go to some of my speaking gigs. But, And yeah. I've always been hesitant about the the full time, you know, because like, how are we going to do this? What Like how I'm going to get back and forth. But, you know, when the pandemic came, it, it shut down everything and changed life completely for me. And also, um, he's always been, he's always wanted a boat. We've always gone to boat shows. We've done sailing lessons. And we went to the boat show like in 2021. And I, I just to him, I was like, look, you know, parents are getting older. We're not getting any younger, let's do it. And we bought a boat last year and we were like, all right, let's just sell the house. And that's what we did. And oh, no, we bought the boat in 2021. So we packed up um, everything, minimized and said, let's just go full time until the boat is ready. And that's what we did. So I, I, I think the pandemic literally just changed priorities. And, you know, I always kind of say, I don't know if you're a big Marvel person or, or watch Endgame, The Avengers. And at the end, when um, Captain America, old Captain America comes back and he's um, talking to I forget the new Captain America. And he says, you know, Tony said, go live some of that life. I decided to go live some of that life Tony always told me about. So I kinda always look at that. I was like, we always talk about this stuff. Yeah. I mean you yeah. see it on Twitter, everybody's like, here's my bucket list, here are all the things I'm gonna do. And it's like, you know what, let's just go do it. Like if we screw up, we'll figure it out on the other side. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things people always talk about, Oh, when I retire, when I retire, when I retire you hear about so many people that retire and six months later they're gone or right before they retire, they pass. Like a lot of people don't make it to retirement or a lot of people don't get to enjoy, you know, their retirement years. God forbid you retire and then your parents get ill. You know what I mean? Like my mom retired and then, you know, my grandmother took sick, my grandfather passed. It's like one thing after another and it's, where is the retirement that you saw for yourself? You can't well, predict what's yeah. going to happen in the future, but you can absolutely change what's going on in your present life. And so that's really yeah. a testament to living the life that you actually have and not planning for a life that you don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been what, a what? it's
1: been an experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What even in my sedentary not sedentary but like my non-mobile life it, yeah life is an experience however you live it so it might as yes, well just it do it in the way that's going to make you the happiest right might as well so, <laughs> what was the downsizing process like i know for me i feel like that would probably be the more difficult end of trying to um because in my mind the idea of RV living, my only concern would be pulling up into a neighborhood that I can't, I mean, granted you could Google, right. But Mm -hmm. how many ways to Google are like, will I be safe as a black woman here? Or if I pull up and just, and then also in my head is just like, what do the parks, I guess, because I've never seen them before. Right. I don't know. What I'm thinking of when, you know, when you're driving along the turnpike or you're just doing a road trip and you see like those way stations or the truck station. In my head, that's what the trailer stations are like, right? So in my head, they're like maybe three miles off the side of a highway. So any transient serial killer coming through is like fair <laughs> game. That's what my mind is thinking, to when I hear of someone that says, oh no, we just live in the RV. And I'm like, oh, so y'all like three miles off the highway and any of the killers is just like, boop got him (laughs) so
1: please correct me i would like to be wrong girl you know killers only like cities no (laughs) Um, you know what i mean all these things kind of ran through my head you know is the like okay where are people like you know i've watched you know the hill have eyes and my husband and i we love horror movies so it's like way too much stuff in your head yes Uh, but there's but there's the uh, yes
0: the, the, like the one where the people have like the un- what was it the open house that
1: shit got me nuts! Oh <laughs> whoa yeah yeah so you know and i i honor all of those things because i was there too I'm like okay we're gonna get hatched up and killed you know so like first few i'm like who where are we going uh interestingly enough mo- depends on where you go most rv parks you can do the ones that are literally offside of the road which is like in kansas don't do those or you can go extra bougie uh some of the rv parks we've been to they have your own little tiki bar grills little yard with a tree and a dog thing for you know for your dog um some are right on the ocean in florida so it can be as bougie as you want it to be or as cheap and not as bougie as you want it to be Um, inside of the parks the state parks have been really cool, like here in mm-hmm. New Mexico and Arizona has some of the best state parks ever. Uh, they're always uh, they always have a ranger driving around. So you always see the ranger and people kind of stay to themselves. Um, people are nice. Everybody waves. Um, everybody's a little nosy, too, at the same time, because, you know, mm-hmm. everybody makes fun of you while you're trying to back up and seeing how you mess up, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people kind of stay quiet, stay to themselves um and no big issues that we've have ever run into the smaller rv parks where people are more full-time like they stay there longer you get a lot more retirees and they're okay. a little nosy they're they're just nosy like who are do. you where are right, you can me. help us it's like we don't need to talk to you like go away uh so and of course you know You know, when you're around nosy older people, they know everything. And so they they know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and then I I say on the other side, you will have some places that you you question because um, places have flags and people, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in this era of people like to wave their flags. Um, A lot of parks are a little bit better about that. Um, But I mean, I am a little aware, extremely aware when I go to places. Um, you know, some people say you carry guns and stuff like that. That's totally up to you. I'm not a gun person. Uh, but yeah, but I I I love a machete and some, some pepper spray though. Uh, (laughs) but for the most part, I haven't had any, I haven't felt unsafe anywhere we have gone. Um, we've been to a couple of parks where it's just like, okay, this is a one, we call them one-nighters. You, you stay inside and then you pack up and leave the next day. Um, but most of the places, it just depends on how you like to travel. If you like the nice parks, the, the one nighters, -nighters. I'm going to sound so bad. Uh, usually you could tell it's uh, a lot of long-term people and they don't treat the property as nice. So you kind of get a lot more Okay, we see a lot of things going on and stuff like that, you know, kind of looks like the neighborhoods where folks just throw all the sofa out in front of it. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. Got it. Uh, Yeah. And so those are the ones you just like, just one night, we just need somewhere to sleep and then we're up and gone in the morning. But a lot of these places are kind of resorting. They have the pools, the washer and dryers, marinas. Uh, they have showers, bathroom facilities. If you don't use the showers in your place, the state parks, they have showers, facilities, and they're always clean, except for this one. This one looks like a little scary one here, right. but for the <laughs> most part, they've all, but we're on federal land. So it's like, yes, the U.S. government, they won't give you a nice bathroom, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but uh, for the most part, you have facilities, you have the rangers that are always driving by. You have to show your passes to get in all that kind of stuff. So no creepy people walking around. Um, your biggest thing, depending on where you're staying, um, mice, rattlesnakes, and any other animals that are out there. Okay.
0: So what is that planning process like in terms of your travels? Because you would like to think that you've got complete and total free access, right. To go anywhere. But I know for one, like, um, Trailers and buses and large vehicles aren't allowed on certain roadways. I don't know if it's highways or interstates or whatever, but I know that you would have to um, navigate accordingly. So how does that play into how you like to travel?
1: Um, As far as the driving, anywhere where you can get an 18 wheeler, you can you can drive because you're going to be lower and smaller, unless you're one of these people that's towing something extra, extra large, um, you're you're fine. You can go under most underpasses. You just need to know the height. Um, but the biggest thing, if you're going to do any RV travel, do not use Google Maps or any of the popular maps. You need to use what truck drivers use so that they'll route you around um, low underpasses and things like that. So there's tons and tons of apps like there. We use RV Trip Wizard. Um, and it'll route you um, around big cities if you don't want to drive through, say, like Houston, which is scared the crap out of me. Uh, so it'll take you around if you want smaller roads and stuff like that. And most RV people take the um, the other highways so that you don't drive straight through cities. Um, so the planning that way is easy as far as, you know, just the drive, driving and the maps and things like that. But it kind of does come down to how you want to travel. Um, some people plan six months out like my in-laws they plan a year out because they go to the same places in arizona so they book a year out um some people plan two days before they leave uh there are about five different apps and you know um they uh harvest hosts these are ones you can stay one night at like wineries breweries golf courses so and it's free you pay they they don't charge you as long as you go in and like drink up their stuff um what was that called Harvest Hosts and Boondockers Welcome. But Harvest Hosts is one of them. And there are a few other apps and um, that can kind of lead you to all these different places. Um, so it kind of depends on, you know, if you're going to popular places like we messed up, we tried to book Florida back in November. We were way too late um, booking Florida because the retirees, the snowbirds from Canada, they go I down know. there in the spring. Uh, Summertime is great because nobody goes to Florida in the summertime, Uh, uh, but any place where you got to fight with the retirees like Arizona and Florida in that springtime or winter, uh, plan way out. But places like New Mexico, we literally just plan two weeks ahead. We just got on the national on their state park website um, and just did it that way. And uh, we just finished planning Seattle. Seattle's kind of hard because it's kind of like Colorado in the summertime. Everybody wants to go. Oh, yeah. Um, so you kind of got to feel your way through popular places. And also it depends on the types of parks that you want to stay in. If you need full connections with the sewage, water, and electricity, that determines oh. in how big you are. Uh, but you can also boondock. You can go on state and federal land, park for about seven days and pay like 10 bucks or stay for free we've done both
0: so when you say boondock i just discovered that was actually a thing that wasn't just the cartoon (laughs) (laughs) oh i remember what i was looking up i was looking up stuff about joshua tree because i have this mini Mm -hmm. this little mini series in the podcast it's um weird things about places i've been and it's just for some reason, I never really do a comprehensive Google of places before I go. It just tends to be one of those, oh shit, that yeah. happened there? Oh, snap. yeah. <laughs> I looked into that. Oh, I'm glad I didn't know that before I went. So anyway, mini little series. And I was looking up shit about Joshua Tree and the, I did not know that there was, and it's, becoming more apparent now that i'm hearing you talk about it and i'm Mm -hmm. remembering some of the stuff that i saw there is an entire community of people and it just fucking follows that you guys would make the resources work for each other and that you would make it as tech accessible and Mm -hmm. like less convoluted and it just because and it's another reminder that just because you don't understand the workings of something doesn't mean that other people don't have it figured out and y'all sound Uh like y'all got it figured out and it is not like amazing in the sense that, oh my God, I never would have thought that could have happened. But like for as, because bo- I say this because boondocking apparently is just being completely off the grid. Off right? the grid, yep. Mm-hmm. had no fucking clue. I was totally <laughs> mystified, if you will. And so for one, there's a name other than just being off the grid. And two mm-hmm. is that it is, absolutely legal like you can like you can do this without um like legal repercussions like nobody's coming for you so no what does that look like and what is the difference between boondocking and just like (laughs) going to an rv park and are trailer parks the same as rv parks
1: no trailer parks and rv parks one is a tax thing the longer you stay um, they turn into like kind of like an apartment versus a hotel type deal uh trailer okay. parks you're going to get those double y's that stay on property and people who either buy the land and stay rv parks are going to be like your um hotels for rvs uh Trans- sometimes okay. yeah sometimes they have permanents but they have to they can't have so many because it changes their tax structure Library. and all that kind okay. of stuff yeah um so rv parks will give you kind of more amenities you know um Uh, sewage that you can hook up next, right next to you, water, power, internet, that kind of of stuff. Um, And the price can, you know, be around $30 a night up to 200, depending on how fancy you go. Um, So when it comes to boondocking um, and I, we talked about it, but we weren't really sure like what it was. And so we decided to try it for the first time last year. And we went down to Great Sand Dunes National Park. And there's a popular place where you just drive, get off the road and you choose a spot and it's free. And this is um, it's usually federal land. So any type of Army Corps of Engineers. So the land we're on right now is Army Corps of Engineers, U.S. Federal Service or um, uh, Bureau of Land Management. So that particular place was BLM land. And they tell that you where you can go. also.
0: I kept seeing yeah. BLM
1: and I'm like, I feel like this is not the
0: BLM. I'm thinking no. right not <laughs> as very Black Lives Matter kind of no. right no. reading the no. room
1: <laughs> And through context, I need to do more research.
0: <laughs> that no, was this is B- one.
1: Yeah. This is Bureau of Land Management. So you can only stay for maybe like 14 or 21 days, but basically you just take everything with you, you find you a piece of land. And there you go. Now everything is on you. You gotta supply your own water, your own, you know, uh, you'll have your own toilets and stuff like that and your own power. So you can have power off of your RV Um, or we bought a thing called an EcoFlow, which is a solar generator. So you gotta have generators or solar generators and we just plop up our um, solar panels and that it gives us the power Um, during the daytime. We have a little bit at night. and or we run the generator a gas generator so we can still do things uh you're not gonna you're gonna learn about power if you go boondocking you can't like turn on your blender your hair your hair dryers and all that kind of stuff so all power matters at this point Mm -hmm. uh so you'll just be doing basic stuff you know making sure you have enough power to turn your lights on um play with your computer probably not watch television but enough to get you through the night and then the next day you start all over again but yeah Absolutely free, no cost. You stay as long as you can. don't have to dump your uh, sewage tanks and you're good to go. So we did it for the first time last year and it's kind of cool. Uh, another thing you may think about is safety. Interestingly enough, you'll have enough of the, the uh, they call it rangers or the park people. Okay. They come through enough or you have local and state police that come through. Um, and people are generally fairly nice. They were like, is it okay if we like park next to you? It's like, yes, I'm like don't bother me, you know? Um, and then most people are there for a while and you just leave and, you know, and I was always paranoid. I was like, somebody going to steal our RV. if We go to the grocery store. Nobody stole it. Um, we did That's have a kind of one
0: attached to your, it just attaches to your truck, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Somebody has to be like, for real wanting to steal your stuff to do all of that um but yeah it's just a hitch and like, people have had theirs stolen but we haven't had any issues um the coyote kind of attacked our grill because we that was our fault for not cleaning up the food um on the grill so so yeah so no hatchet people there were cows around us which is kind of cute wild cows are cows ever wild I feel like they wouldn't be in the wild
0: no So how did that happen what did they get off of someone's property because I'm like if I got cows I'm keeping
1: track usually when you're in some of this like uh the U.S. Forest Service BLM land or some of the agricultural land is uh the people who live there the ranchers can use the land so you're kind of just be nice share if you see the cows don't be weird they belong to somebody Um, Mm -hmm. and they're just going to kind of graze through and eat all the stuff and poop. Yeah. Um, so you'll see that a lot on a lot of the federal land and things like that. So, so yeah, the RV thing, um, you, um, you can make this as cheap as you want it to be as rugged as you want it to be, or as fancy or as bougie as you want it. And we've kind of done this spectrum, uh, Mm -hmm. when we've gone to cities, like we were in New Orleans, we were in the, um, in a marina. So, yeah, and they had a restaurant on site and things like that. Ooh. So it makes it easy to just go eat there. Um, you know, you walk by the people on their boats um, or you come to a park like this, you know, and then, you know, you change up how you do things. You're not wearing high heels and nice clothes all the time. So you can do the the, the free land. Um, they, also, they call it dispersed camping. That's boondocking, dispersed camping or off the grid. Uh, usually like those are all... Yeah. Those, those words, if you're looking for a free, also when you come into like state parks, they'll have sometimes have beach areas right now we're on a, at a dam. Uh, so they'll have beach areas. So you pay your state park fee, you know um, you know, you pay what your pass for like $70 for the year. You can go um, stay on the beach and have access to the showers and the facilities and kind of have a decent, cool little life. <laughs> Wait, so do, Do all state parks have accommodations for RVs? I won't say all of them, but a good chunk of them do. Um, And I will say I'm only, I don't know every state park, but we've done state parks in Alabama, uh, Florida state parks. People love those. Uh, We've done state parks in Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico so far. But I would say a good chunk of them um, have um, access for RV people.
0: And so as long as you pay that state park, like pass for all of them, you have access. So you could literally live off of just state park lands that you have access to for
1: that $70 if you wanted to. So so it, it gets a little different. So if you're going to do boondocking, you can go do that because you're not taking up a site or electricity. Um, if you're trying to get a site or electricity, you have to pay the per night fee. Okay. And we have found that the per night fee is anywhere from 10 to $25 a night. It's less than what I pay. So, I mean, I think you're winning that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the New Mexico parks, we've paid like $12 a night, $14 a night. Um, you don't have sewage, meaning you have to dump your own sewage, but we have access to water and power. And depending on how close the bathrooms are, we'll go use their bathrooms. So how do
0: you dump sewage if you don't have it included in your daily
1: thing? Ah, you have poop hoses. Uh, you have to buy your own hoses and you have to store them under your RV. So you have to connect them each time and each site will have like a little sewage thing and you connect it there. And when you're ready to dump, you pull a thing and you watch a weeks worth of all your stuff go down a hole. You revisit that (laughs) again.
0: Okay, but it doesn't seem like, it's not rocket science. It's not like you have to like biohazmat suit up and go through like some, it's just like you just, it's a hookup to someplace that actually, you just have to find a waste management place. And I would assume that even if you do like, is that something that like all parks would kind of have? As long as they would have, I assume something to
1: hook up. Yeah. so most sites will have depending on rv depending on where you are so if you're ever looking look for something that says full hookup full hookup means they're at your site there's sewage water and power um if it's um partial hookup that usually means is either some version of water and or electricity only um so usually when it's at your site then yeah you just put your tank you put your hoses out when it's time to dump you you take care of it come back in watch tv and you're done um for a situation like we're in we are going to have to dump in a couple of days so we pack everything up and drive over to the little dump site like three minutes away so usually most national parks you probably have never paid attention to them but if you go near the campgrounds it'll say a dump station um a lot of trade uh what are those things the truck things have them Um, you don't, you don't see them until you're looking for them. And now I see them everywhere, but state parks have them. Um, and then they have some, a a whole lot of different, um, technology. It's not technology. They have little poop buddy stations. You can, you can buy a little extra thing you can dump and then like walk it over somewhere. So they, they have a whole bunch of little gadgets. If you ever want to get into the gadget world of all this. (laughs) So what,
0: how, how often do you think you would have to do that? Like in a month? Uh,
1: To dump. Yeah. Um, Depends on what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of depends on kind of what you're doing. Like if you are, it comes down to how often you're showering, how long you're, if you're one of those that needs to contemplate life in the shower, you're going to be dumping pretty often. Um, If you like to wash your hair all the time, um, you know, if you like to eat burritos every day you're going to be dumping pretty often. Uh, (laughs) I didn't consider that it also
0: is your wastewater. I was thinking just toilet stuff,
1: but it's also
0: the water that you use.
1: Yeah. So you have a black tank, which is your toilet. And then you have two gray tanks. One gray tank is the sink. And the other gray tank is like the bath is the shower and the sink in the bathroom. So we have two gray tanks, one black tank. And most of the time we have to dump the, the kitchen gray tank more often because we
0: just yeah, washing dishes. Um, like
1: yeah. But for me, I've kind of timed it um, probably like every five days, but inside of, depending on how, uh, what kind of RV you have, they have gauges that'll tell you if you're full Wonderful. or not. And you just press the button. They may not work after a while. So you have to kind of time it like, mm. Uh it's time to dump. And you know, the worst sign is when you get the smell and it's like, okay, it's time to dump. It's not So yeah. you'll figure <laughs> it out one way or another. <laughs> or when you're in the shower and you have a puddle, like, oh, it's time to dump. Okay. Okay.
0: Real <laughs> easy reminder. Yes. So, I know you have a little furry baby. What's it like traveling with your dog?
1: You know what? This little dog, I think she's traveled more than most humans. <laughs> <laughs> She has, uh, she has been pretty cool. So when we first started this, we had a cat and the dog. The cat passed away. Uh, The dog, yeah, Mr. Little Kitty, the dog, she's pretty cool. Um, If we get into a space where there's a lot, you know, not that many people around us, which happens only in the state parks, we can kind of let her go off leash as as long as we watch her. Um, And I think I told you the story um of how she is so disrespectful i i let her get off leash because she usually she runs to the door for breakfast she ran and tried to get into somebody's tent it was so embarrassing it's like 6 a.m in the morning and i i was like oh my god i was like it's like I the walk the of shame her,
0: come here. <laughs> i It's
1: like i had to grab her because i know they heard my footsteps next to their tent so hopefully I, i'm pretty sure i scared the crap out of them but she was just trying to oh my god it was so bad um It was so bad. So now she is not off leash. She lost all her privileges. And for that whole Mm -hmm. day, she knew she was in trouble. So I didn't talk to her for the whole day, but uh, (laughs) she knew she went in her little bed and stayed there the whole time. But uh, usually it's pretty cool. Um, Some parks just require that you keep her vet records and, you know, she has all her shots, but for the most part, no, she's not a barker. Some people's dogs are, but she's been cool on these trips. (laughs)
0: How about with like um well for one, did you had did you have to like acclimate her to um this is gonna sound wild, but I guess I might be thinking of a city perspective, like, but did you have, have to acclimate her to outside spaces? Like my dog is a city dog, right? I live in Queens. How however, mm-hmm. so like I have a yard. You know, like my parents <laughs> have a yard. So when we travel and she stays with my parents, it's like she's on vacation because they have a huge yard. So she's mm-hmm. she has Nothing but space and time to get herself into shit. But I still wouldn't trust her um, off leash either because she, another disrespectful furry child that has no manners yes. or any care and yes. concern for how I feel about things, but she thinks she's a person and she will be everywhere. But my fear also is other animals, right? So She's got no sense. She has no desire for self-preservation in the weirdest sense of the way. (laughs) I I truly think she has, but I mean, I guess, why would she, right? Like, why would she have a reason to preserve her life? I thought that was natural instinct. It's apparently not. But
1: my (laughs) fear is
0: she's going to run off a cliff. Or that she is going to eat something poisonous in the great outdoors, or that she'll see a snake and not know, hey, I shouldn't fuck with you. <laughs> or a scorpion. I don't I'm thinking all kinds of wild outdoor things that my little baby that lives is my little New York little bird. Yeah, you know, she's a little bird. <laughs> but that's my bird. And she don't know no better. So she be like, what you want? And now she's attacked by a <laughs> fucking raccoon
1: yeah i have a i have a suburban dog she has no life preservation she loves everybody and mm-hmm. she is not very bright um even when we go like into the south in the city i was, you know we walk the dog i was like all right aspen like you know country dogs they ain't the same as suburban <laughs> dogs people put can't them on trees on them. so no and i was like people put their dogs on trees out here so you can't this, like these ain't the same dogs you're used to uh All of what you said is what I still am worried about because she is just not bright. Uh, So we just have to we have to keep her either on short leash. Um, You just kind of you know, when you go into a park, you read all of the critters that are around, Um, especially when we were south in in the southwest. You got to worry about rattlesnakes. So we just make sure we either if she's on leash, one of us is walking ahead of her. We keep her pretty close because she is not bright. She will eat the thing, play with the thing touch the thing try to jump off the thing so <laughs> i'm glad
0: mine is not the only one okay
1: so hover dog parent
0: unite we they have yes lived and made it thus far i've kept her 15 yes. years strong i'm hoping for maybe another smooth six i'm yes. asking
1: for a lot however <laughs>
0: my heart desires
1: it's good so You know, you leave her home with the AC. That's what we do most of the time. Uh, Right. Because, and see, that's
0: my fear. I want to take, I was telling you before, I think that I want to take her on like a little doggy vacation because Mm -hmm. she is a senior girl and I want her to have as much of an exciting experience of life as I have tried to give myself. And, you know, I just That's my little fear about going to places that say they're okay with dogs, where it's just like, okay, but if I want to go out to eat with my person and leave the dog behind, like your idea of dog safe and my idea of dog safe may be two different things. Having a dog that has no realm of appreciation for Mm self-preservation, I don't know what you think, oh, a dog will never get into this mine is nothing better than getting in and out of things. Which is <laughs> chaos. So I would, you know what I mean? It's like, you're leaving her in your space in her space. So it's like, you would, I can get feeling more comfortable leaving her in she's home. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's my only fear of like bringing her someplace that is like, yeah, we're perfect for dogs, but like, there's no, like, crate room or there's no like you know super large second bedroom that's got nothing down on the floor or whatever so
1: i don't know i gotta play around with yeah, that gotta, idea we i mean one of the issues we we, we camped and we, we can't leave her in the tent when we go into a park uh mm-hmm. one she learns how to open up the zippers the little dog um so we figured you know i mean half the reason we got the rv is because of her So we make sure she's comfortable. We put all the garbage cans up on the counter because that's just what she does. Mm -hmm. And she goes straight to bed. Um, You know, of course we have the time. You're you're a dog, you know, you have a a puppy and you, you know, you can't be out too long or, you know, they'll be mad at you when you get back. Um, But for the most part, we haven't had any issues Um, in the national parks and some state parks, you can't take her on trails. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we just leave her behind, but you can always go for the drive and she'll go for the drive and, And do some of the lesser trails off of the um, visitor centers, which they have no problems with. But um, but she sometimes is too. She she likes talking to people, so we just leave her because it's just more work for me. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Yeah, get it.
0: So, but I just want you to touch on um, that very expensive conversation about the boat. Um, What are your (laughs) anticipated plans for boat travel? Like, oh. Boat travel. The fuck? Please enlighten.
1: Oh my uh, gosh. Peasant me. <laughs> what is that life? I have to tell you, I am so ready to get on the water right now. Like really it's oh my gosh. It is it it started kicking in big time. Like especially because I started following a lot of the sailing clubs and things like that. And it's like, I'm sitting here in the desert and they like out in the Bahamas. Like, what is this? So I am so ready to get on water, but Uh, Yeah. So when this adventure is done, we bought a um, we bought a 42 foot catamaran and we're going to sail um, the East Coast, the Florida Keys, and then eventually go over to the Bahamas. And yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. And um, it's called Coastal Cruising. So um, if you've ever you've been to Fort Lauderdale, right? Nope. No. All right. All right. So you can get on your Google Maps, everyone. It's called the Intercoastal Waterway. So the ICW. Um, For those of you who've ever been to Fort Lauderdale, you know that there's this little waterway where you see all the boats and the houses and all the rich people um, and things like that. So that intercoastal waterway, which is not the ocean, you can take that all the way from Florida up to Annapolis and skirt the coast all the way up to like, you know, Boston and into New York. Um, so with coastal cruising, you kind of, you just slow motorboating and you're doing oh. these waterways. Um, you can anchor, you can boondock, you can anchor in certain places, or you can go into a marina, which is just like an RV. You could pay the marina fees, get the power, electricity, uh, the sewage, um, by gas and things like that. Or you can anchor out in the middle of the water and get your little, um, uh, Your little dinghy and go in and buy your groceries and then come back. And that's absolutely free. Um, Internet's gonna work the same way. You get, um, Uh, some type of satellite internet or when you're coastal cruising, you're still next to land. So you can still hotspot and use your cell phone and things like that. Uh, It took me a while to realize because my husband kept talking about this and I always tell him, I said, I love you, sweetie, but you don't sell things very well. (laughs) And I I was like, we're going to be in the middle of the ocean doing what? Like, why are we in the ocean? Like, I don't understand this, but with the coastal cruising, yeah, we're going to still be um, connected to land and things like that and visiting, you know, cities on the waterway, like the Charlestons and stuff like that, and uh, the Keys. Now, when we do an ocean crossing, we'll do a crossing over to the Bahamas, down to the Caribbean. Um, eventually, he wants to do a big ocean crossing going from uh, the East Coast over into Europe. And for those, you got to have crew. So I got to I got to make some friends over the next few years who want to do, a, you know, some overnight sailing. <laughs> on a... But
0: like 40, I have no concept of what 42 feet is. What is that like? Uh, it's
1: pretty damn New big. <laughs> how many? Yeah. Like? It's with the, with the catamaran. And so if you're familiar with a catamaran, it has the two, the two holes. Um, if you've ever done any of the catamaran tours, done any of those type of boat tours. So it's not a monohull, which is just a typical sailboat that kind of rocks back and forth. Mm-hmm. You have the two. Um, it comes with three bedrooms, um, a, a kitchen and um uh dining area outdoor area back area things like that so it's pretty it's pretty it's probably bigger than any apartment i've ever had uh (laughs) copy okay because i'm like a
0: whole ocean and what i'm thinking is the size of like (laughs) two jeep cherokees and i'm like (laughs) that sounds a little precarious
1: bro i'm not gonna lie i don't know (laughs) i will i will send you pictures i will send you pictures so you can get an (laughs) idea i am intrigued so
0: have you sailed a, a boat before or what i mean i am all down to do things that my partner wants to do but i um marginal swimmer at best I have only done, like, I don't want to say water taxis, but, like, you know, the ferry that will take you from, like, St. Martin to St. Barts. Been on the Staten Island yeah. Ferry a single time. Like, mm. And then, of course, you do stuff like, oh, swim with the sea lions. Been on that little boat. Swim with the manta. Yeah. Been on that little boat. Okay. Now I've got a point of reference. I'm thinking that maybe the boat was, okay, no, that boat's bigger because they ain't have no downstairs for that one. Copy. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm putting it together, but what kind of experience or what about that are you not terrified about? That's where I think I'm going.
1: (laughs) I don't know who at this point is like, well, as long as we don't die, we're good. Um, you know, I'm a very marginal swimmer in a pool. The ocean is a whole different ball game. Uh, you can wear your, um, so there's a couple of things you could do on boats. You have to chart out where you're going. If there are storms, you stay put. You don't go out into a storm. Uh, You listen to the, you do chart plotting. You do all these things to prep yourself and you just stay in tune with weather reports. And that was the one thing when we did our lessons, you're just very in tune with weather reports. And then of course, after a while, yeah. So uh, so we did a week of lessons and we still, we need to go back and refresh. Um, So we're part of a sailing um, association and things like that. And um, you know, we, we practice man overboard. Uh, you there's a lot of safeties that you can do to to latch into your uh, your boat or your craft so that you don't fall over. Life life vest. Um, I've always liked the water. I don't like being in it. I like being like on top of it. So I think you just have to kind of be ready for an adventure. And yeah, am I scared of doing ocean crossing? Oh hell yeah! Because my husband likes to watch these um. These movies were, you know, they go out in these big old waves. I was like, this is not a great way to sell this to me. Uh, the but cur- the cool precursor I was looking no. for. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. But um, you, you do your sailing and um, which is crazy. I have a friend. She just sold everything. Her and her husband never been sailing before. Never been on a boat. They just sold it all. Bought a boat, took the lessons and got a captain on the boat to teach them. Now they're out there sailing. So now she sends me pictures of them down in dry tortugas um, sailing up to Annapolis. Um, cause right now all boats have to start moving up North because of hurricane season and mm. that touches with your insurance. So now they're going up North to Annapolis and I'm just like, I'm so jealous right now. Um, cause the dolphins, she, she sent me videos, of the dolphins playing next to them. I'm like,
0: yeah, I'm okay, in the desert. That, yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> reason to kind of suck up the fear and kind of get into it. Okay. So last yeah. question, Mm-hmm. As someone who has tech experience, outside of what I was telling you, um, my experience is what does Best Buy have on sale and what does Google <laughs> say about said sale item? What would you suggest for someone to have as their, because um, you work as a professional for one, and you're yeah. mobile. What is your Wi-Fi situation and what about an, uh, VPNs? What uh, are your thoughts on them? Do you use them and would you suggest any of them?
1: I'll start with the VPNs. I don't use a VPN unless I'm trying to watch something over in the UK. Uh, (laughs) So that kind of depends on you. Um, I have used them uh, when I'm doing research for my job. My husband used a VPN so that he can get back into work. So, not a problem with VPNs if you want to use one. It kind of all depends on what you're doing. Uh, If you're trying to hide yourself from your job, you know, whatever, you know, no hate. Uh, As far as the internet goes, it has gotten a lot better since 2018. Before we would just hotspot off of our cell phones. Okay. So of course you just bump up to the highest plan. Um, and my husband is one of those. He he makes things appear, and I ask no questions, so that in case somebody takes <laughs> him kind off of the guy. Jail, I was my like, don't tell. Committed. I was like, don't tell me how you do this because I don't want to know in case they come and get you. Listen, but he my had. Daddy was that kind of guy. <laughs> well, he still is. God bless him. He's
0: still so, around. Didn't kill your early so, dad. My apologies, bro. Keep going.
1: <laughs> so, when, so when y'all are ready, you just let me know and I'll tell you what he did. So it could bypass your hot, your um, hotspot. So it doesn't look like you're using up a whole lot of um, data. So Genius. we, yeah, so we've done that, but now we have Starlink um, and depends on if you like Elon or not. Um, each day I kind of cringe, but Starlink is out there and is pretty darn cool. Um, especially if you're in wide open spaces, it doesn't work very well if you have obstructions like trees and things. But you know, out here out west, clear open spaces, I mean, you're, you're perfect. You could do just about everything. No data limits, and we kill it. We be, I, we watch two TV shows while working at the same time. Uh, our backup is a Verizon hotspot. Um, it seems nowadays T-Mobile might be the better one. So okay. you can pay for those hotspot. Um, and it's just a literally just a little box. You turn it on, um, and and that's about it. So and there's a whole bunch of other things that people use, but because we are mobile, Starlink is it. Uh, Verizon is our backup. We might switch over to T-Mobile depending on you know we're going to go to some of the parts in the northwest, and Starlink may not be our best option because of tree okay, coverage. Tree, Yeah. So we have to have a backup so that we can keep working. And um, I will tell people, like, have some patience because you may get some places in. You know, the Internet will test you. Uh, And I do fewer video calls for work now. I go I'm old school. I go with phone calls because Mm -hmm. some days I just don't know what I'm what I'm dealing with. Um, But right now, I mean, the company, all of the phone companies, they're stepping up with all of their. Um, their options if you don't do Starlink, and it also, you know, also depends on what region you're going in. Right, so, you right. pull up a whole bunch of maps to see where your your coverage is. And, um, for some people who have who are couples, or if it's multiple, somebody will get a cell phone on Verizon, somebody will get one on, on T Mobile, and you just toggle back and forth back if you need board. to. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And
0: Starlink is satellite,
1: satellite internet. Um, makes sense. it's a uh I, I was trying to see if somebody around here <laughs> had one uh but yeah it's just a little satellite on a pedestal you could put it on a little flagpole and as long as it points to the i think the northeast northwest guy you're good okay rocket
0: yeah. science get a your no, phone got know. a compass because i wouldn't know where it is yeah, i know <laughs> Front, back up down left right that's all i got yeah. So it's and amazing. it's simple. You
1: plug it in and it finds it itself. And there you go. Oh, you even have, like there's no minutes. like
0: configuration and setup and all that other kind of jazz.
1: No, you plug that thing in and it's like, oh. and boom, you're done. Bravo! That's my kind of technology. <laughs> baby
0: directions. I read just fine. I promise I do. I'm also pretty decent with most comprehension, but some things I feel yeah. like so so did I need an extra degree or not? Because this seems like it should be straightforward
1: and I'm struggling. Yeah, like the they degree. made this one fairly simple. There's an app if you're like in a place with trees and you can kind of just walk around with your app and it'll kind of give you an idea of the best place to put it. Or if you drive into a place and you see four other people with a Starlink and it's all pointing in the same direction, just do what they're doing. Jump on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Really? Thank you so 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 much
0: for joining me. Where can the people find you? What do you have going on that we can support you with? Like what is the next step in the expansive multi passionate hyphenate world of someone that does (laughs)
1: really super fucking cool interesting things? Where can we keep up? Okay. You want to keep up. So if you want to keep up with just my travels, the photos and everything, you can go over to keepupwithmrsjones.com. And I try to do like a, a weekly, daily, depending on how I'm feeling, travel diary of all the emotions of this trip. And I post photos because that's my little hobby is um Beautiful taking the photos, camera away. Take- I don't Thank know you. how I skipped over
0: that part. You are an incredible photographer. Those photos, I really <laughs> like um, the one with the kayak. And yeah, I, that one was I, that one stuck
1: out to me. I really enjoyed <laughs> that one. That that one was cool. We were kayaking on the Rio Grande in between the United States and Mexico. That was really cool. Holy fuck, uh, how cool is that? Yeah, so you can go touch Mexican land and do it before you get in trouble. Uh, right. <laughs> so, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, so all of the photos, my little travel diaries and I'm going to launch a blog part of it um, in the summer that is at keepupwithmrsjones.com what pays the bills is i find you clothes and that's just me being a research nerd um, and i find um, conferences that are looking for speakers and people pay a subscription model a subscription and that's how i that's how i make the money to to fund all my little extra things that i do <laughs> I
0: appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for sharing all of your dynamic and diverse <laughs> intersections of life and travel. Thank you. And being a guest here on Travel and Shit. I absolutely appreciate you being here. And um I hope y'all enjoyed this
1: episode, guys. Fuck with y'all next week. Bye.